Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. I mean, wow, what a game. What a way to spend a Sunday. Uh, just, I mean, just an awful first half by the Raptors. Uh, only mustering 35 points. Uh, looking dead in the water. Uh, San Antonio making all sorts of plays. All the young guys look great. Everyone's feeling miserable about the Raptors' direction on the season. And... Uh, and from the depth of all that, from the depth of being down 22, from the depth of the fact that, you know, you're gawking at Wemba Nyama on the other side, and you're like, damn, that's, you know, that's the future of this league. Uh, the Raptors pull it out. The Raptors from down 22 come all the way back, force overtime, and then in overtime, uh, actually see the whole deal through and uh, secure the win 123 to 116 in overtime. I mean, it's just one of those games where you're just absolutely buzzing afterwards. Like, um, you know, the comeback was furious. The comeback was, you know, inspirational to watch. The, the comeback was unlikely because the Raptors were dead in the water. I cannot stress this enough how dead the Raptors looked in the first half. Uh, 11 turnovers, 35 points overall. They had 11 turnovers with 13 field goals in the first half. You know, uh, Pascal can't get a shot. Scotty has three points at halftime. Um, you know, they're not really running anything significant. Multiple guys are trying to go one-on-one against Victor Wambanyama, and it's going nowhere. Like, I'm sorry, that's like going one-on-one against a, a willow tree or something. Like, you're not really going to do anything. Like, it, it's, it, it was looking really, really bad. And even when the Raptors started uh, to come out at halftime and you're looking for signs of life, you saw it on the offensive end, at least. The Raptors did a much better job. Um, they fed Yaka Pertle for, like, four straight layups. Uh, which was good. You know, it felt like the Raptors realized, oh, you know, when we drive and we saw two defenders, uh, that means someone's open. And it really did feel like, you know, okay, they maybe watched some tape at halftime and they figured some things out in terms of how to play. And, and you know what? I will give the Raptors this kind of, like, credit in the sense that D- San Antonio is very unorthodox to play. Again, you're playing 1B for the first time. Like, it changes so much about them. Um and and it is different, right? Because he's lurking from the weak side, and whatever. I'll get to Wemby in a second. I'm sorry, but he's he wasn't even the best young player in the game tonight. So why why is he getting first billing here? My point is, Raptors make some adjustments. They come out on offense. They look a lot better as a group. Um, but at the same time, the Spurs were getting all sorts of buckets to drop, and that's the thing that was like was really really frustrating. Was even though the Raptors were making this comeback, uh, at least on on offense, you know they weren't getting the stops. And and honestly, it, even after three quarters. The Raptors were still down uh, 15 points to begin the fourth. And that's where, to me, I thought the energy just flipped to a different level. Like, they hit first the first half, like, just throw all that first half in the trash. All of it was bad. All of it was just, you know, it didn't make any sense. It uh, just, they didn't show up to play, whatever. Uh, But whether it is that they chucked some coffees at halftime or something, you saw them get to their regular level. At the third quarter. And then fourth quarter, they played with this desperation. And I got to credit the group that started that fourth quarter push. Because it was an unlikely group. You know? Like, it was guys like Otto Porter coming into the game. Guys like Malachi Flynn diving on the floor. Guys like Gary Trent diving on the floor. Around the fact that OG and Scotty, who were the Raptors' best two players in this game, bar none, were also doing a really great great job at, you know, executing and flying around. But that's what flipped this game around was the energy for those guys. And and eventually you started to see, okay, if they get into a close game, how does San Antonio react? Now, obviously, I've seen a lot of San Antonio games because everyone's watching this Wemby thing. And so we've seen them make that comeback against, uh, you know, uh, Phoenix and, and, and steal the game literally at the buzzer 
with the Keldon Johnson layup. Um, you know, we've seen them, you know, win in overtime against Houston. That was one before seeing it to overtime, uh, at, you know, whatever. But listen, like, at the same time, I haven't seen the rap. I haven't seen uh, San Antonio, this young team, defend the lead. And honestly, I, I when the Raptors in like intensify their energy and when they really, really play the way they should defensively, this Spurs team shouldn't have great answers for that. In fact, it felt like well, it's so frustrating. Was the Raptors should have won this game in regulation, but San Antonio got every bounce going their way, every single bounce. Oh, one second left uh, on a jump ball. Somehow it gets tipped straight to Keldon Johnson, and he throws in a push shot, running, banking, contested from twenty feet. Oh, that goes in. Uh, the Raptors force a uh, great close, a, you know, a, a, a great possession. You know, uh, Spurs somehow Wemby throws a cross court pass to the corner. Okay, first off, amazing, uh, really, really great read. But Scotty's right there, you know, not fouling, contesting, hand straight up, and somehow like Calvin Johnson nails a three against the buzzer. Okay, uh, somehow it's a two point six seconds on a jump ball. Raptors got Otto Porter jumping against uh, Zach Collins. Zach Collins tips it towards the baseline corner. Uh, it's fully going to be out of bounds. Pascal and Keldon Johnson can test for it. And even though they're both going for the ball and it's a fair bang-bang play, somehow, because you know Keldon Johnson falls out of bounds because he's got way too much momentum and he falls over into the referee, Cheryl Flores, somehow Cheryl Flores gets up and goes, yeah, actually, it's a foul on Pascal. And they review it and they look at it and their conclusion is, oh, foot-to-foot contact was illegal. Foot-to-foot contact? What are we here? What are we doing here? What is this, VAR? Foot-to-foot contact was illegal. How about the man is diving out of bounds, but instead they give him two free throws to tie the to, to go up? And San Antonio should have actually won this game just based on that alone. So what I mean is every single bounce went San Antonio's way, and still the Raptors pulled this thing out. And that's what made this feel so good because they felt like this thing was getting stolen from them. Obviously, at first they didn't deserve it, but then they came back and they pushed themselves into a position where they should have taken the game. And all of a sudden, it was getting stolen from them, or every bounce was going San Antonio's way. And of course, you know, this game is like, this is prime time Sunday slot. You know, great timing, because it's 3.30 p.m. Eastern. You know, it's a great time for people in Europe to watch this game. You know, like, obviously, um, you know, you got Wemby, you got, you know, even Dennis Schroeder, even all the nationalities represented in this one, right? I think the statistic was 132 countries uh, worldwide watching this game. Well, they, they, it was 132 countries worldwide watched the Raptors come back in this one. But it was prime time for those people. But still, like, it just felt like that opportunity just ripped away from them with all those bad bounces. And that's still wasn't enough for the Raptors to fold because they actually did come back in this one. And, I, and honestly, like, it, it's taken too long to mention this. But Scotty Barnes, like, the best game we've seen Scotty Barnes play. And here's the thing. When all the loss and all the, 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 the hoopla about Wemby and the gawking of like, oh my God, you can just throw the ball at the basket and oh, he's just going to make every shot. Oh, he's taller than Kevin Durant. What an amazing player. Sorry, he was not the best young player in this game. Scotty Barnes was, right? And look at what Scotty has done to start the season. Spoiler alert, he's going to get the first star again tonight. Seven straight games because he is flirting the triple-double every game. And not even that. It's the skill jumps that he's taking every game, the confidence level. The Raptors finally came back and tied this game in the fourth quarter, in the last minute, with Scotty Barnes taking a step-back pull-up three, fully in rhythm, full confidence, everything. That was his fifth three of the game, which is a career high for him, ties a career high for him. Uh, he finishes the game with 30 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, 3 blocks in 42 minutes. In the fourth quarter alone, he was just ridiculous. 17 in the fourth quarter, pushing the Raptors back, dragging them, 
and of course, like other guys were, were you know, were, were helping, of course, and you know, it's not, a, you know, one versus five or anything like that. But like, look at the fourth quarter sets, 17 points, two blocks, two steals. He's blocking threes. Uh, he's ripping the ball from these guys. He's going end to end. He's scoring in a variety of ways. He's handling, he's setting, he's relocating for three. He's pushing the fast break. He's honestly, he was shooting three so well in this game. And this is the only guy I see in this game for the Raptors who scored on Wemby. There's a play where kind of like, you know, whatever, there was some switching going on, but ultimately Wemby got on uh, Scotty as the ball rotated over to Scotty. And because Scotty had been knocking down these threes so much, up fake, lifted Wemby at the three-point line, Scotty one hard dribbled two steps to the basket, two-handed dunk. That kind of stuff, right? Scotty Barnes in the post against Jeremy Sohan, all right? Um, you know, it, it, what? Sohan is just going to try to post up, and Wemby's like, oh, maybe I won't come over for the help. Scotty's like, okay, one power dribble, rise up, spin, turn, two-handed dunk, like he's some sort of forward version of Shaq. Like, that's how good he was in this game. And I, I'm sorry, but for 132 countries around the world, you tune in for Wemby, you got Scotty Barnes. And that's how good he was in this game. I, I cannot say enough about his energy to lead this group. And, and, you know, he had to come out for like maybe a minute, maybe a minute 30 in the fourth quarter just to get himself a little bit of a breather. And the Raptors went 0-4 uh, in, in that time. And thank goodness Darko got him back into the game because Scotty had more than enough energy to close this game out. And that's what he deserved, a chance to close this game out. And, you know, I, I again, like you are just seeing this ascension from him to start the season. His numbers to start the year are just absolutely ridiculous. All right? This is the numbers. That we've what we've seen to start the season, okay? From after the first game onward, twenty-two points, ten rebounds, ten assists, two blocks against uh, Chicago. Unfortunately, lost that game, but he was by far their best player in that game. Twenty-four points, eight rebounds, five assists, two blocks. Twenty points, twelve rebounds, two assists, a block, two steals. Twenty-one points, twelve rebounds, five assists, two blocks, a steal. Twenty-four points, eight rebounds, eight assists, and now thirty points, eleven rebounds, six assists, three steals, three blocks. Like. Unbelievable. Congrats to everybody who drafted Scotty in fantasy. And honestly, congrats to the front office for drafting Scotty Barnes because this is the future of the franchise. This is the president of the franchise. And this is how this season is going. And we need other things to step up, right? And we will get to those probably after a break because, you know, uh, you know, there's lots of the Raptors can improve on from Pascal uh, to the bench and other guys. I mean, like, there is potential here. But I think the big picture is the most important. Like, we have the star that you need to carry you through some of these moments. And whether that's just the energy, whether that's the ownership that he's taking on this position, like it's, it's night and day what Scotty was last year and what he is this year. And of course, there's always this bit of like a, you know, at the start of the season, only been six games, Raptors are, or seven games, I guess. The Raptors are seven and, or, or three and four. You can't necessarily say, well, this is going to be how it's going to be the whole season. But why not? But why not? Because we're seeing him do things that are different from last year. That, and the energy and the focus throughout the course of this game. Again, I can't say this enough. Scotty had three points in the first half. He would, you know, it, it, he, just like everyone else was struggling in the first half, Scotty was struggling in the first half. And you, you honestly, like in some of these games, you just need somebody to actually like, you know, take on control of the team and say like, you guys are going to come on my back and we are going to go all the way here. And and he did that for us. And And that to me is leadership. That to me is just... A young player making that kind of star leap. No star just just passively gets their way to being the star. You know, they take it, and they take their opportunity, and they actually make wins out of it. And and that's what we saw here tonight. Of course, he he had running mates, too. O.J. Anobi was awesome. You know, uh, seven threes made a career high for O.J. Anobi. 24 points, seven rebounds, four assists, a steal. By the way, after uh, Cheryl Flores and uh, Zach Zarba and, and his pronounced eyebrows and, and, the, and the entire VAR room making what looks what in England like they make... You know, what happens in England look actually uh, 
justifiable with, with their decision making. But you know, after they give Keldon Johnson those two free throws to put San Antonio up ahead, uh, it was actually um, OG who tied it and forced it to overtime because the Raptors were down two. They called a timeout. Or no, they actually didn't call the timeout. They called the timeout to review. And during the review, good good approach by Darko. I mean, this is basic, but it's still pretty good. Uh, during that review, Darko came to the rest of the group and drew up the play. Because obviously, whether you're going to get that timeout back or not, I mean, it'd be nice to get that timeout back. and be nice to have that call reversed because that's what it should have happened. But if you don't, then you lose your timeout. And now all of a sudden, you don't have the opportunity to drop that play. So Darko actually did drop the play. So the Raptors didn't call timeout after Keldon make those two free throws. Put them up two at the end of regulation. Raptors go the other way. They actually got a wide open three for Dennis Schroeder. I think it was Scotty who had the ball. Uh, but then, you know, he came off the screen, you know, drew two, kicked it right back out to Dennis. And Dennis took the three. It was a good three. He took it. Unfortunately, he missed. And honestly, the Spurs are unfortunate in this case in the sense that the two guys contesting for that defensive rebound there were Victor and Chetty Osman. And uh, Chetty was on the inside of Victor and I don't know, maybe you didn't see who it was behind him. I mean, you, you might look up and see the arms of God over top of you. So you probably think, you probably can deduce that that's Wemby. But regardless, they fight each other for the rebound. That ends up dropping to OG, who cuts in from the wing. And OG puts it back over Jeremy Sohan uh, with a little push floater that actually hit, you know, just iron. But then was able to bounce in softly. That tied the game. And the Raptors were able to... Uh, and honestly, even the small things. And this is a, such a small thing. And it didn't ultimately end up changing too much but so the Raptors scored OG scored and it was 1.2 seconds that San Antonio calls their last timeout okay um then they try to drop the play it's too difficult on the weak side whatever the Raptors kind of zone it up they you know whatever some action happens I'm sure they were looking for 1B they couldn't get it to him they throw the inbound pass in and Scotty Barnes is in perfect position picks off the pass and instantly as he picks off the pass calls for timeout which was a brilliant move because you know Every little fraction of a second counts in that possession. And so even though the San Antonio shock, uh, you know, clock keeper or whatever the person is, like they actually, I don't know, were really slow to click it because it was at damn near 0.1 seconds before they finally actually stopped the clock. Luckily, they review it and they give it back to 0.9 seconds. But that actually gives the Raptors enough time. 0.9 seconds is enough time to get a shot off. And so the Raptors actually dropped their last play. Is They give it to him. They inbounded to Scotty who circles around the baseline and then, you know, I mean, he's running, his momentum is taking him towards his own basket, but he does a little turnaround hook shot, gets the shot off, and honestly, like, there was a decent chance I could go in. Like, it's a difficult shot, it's contested. Obviously, you got 0.9 seconds to execute it, but even just the wherewithal, right, to know the time, the score, the importance of the play, to even give yourself the opportunity to potentially win it at the buzzer there in regulation was huge. They go to overtime, and at this point, honestly, I'm just like, look, the Raptors have to take this because San Antonio's um, uh, fourth quarter execution just wasn't great. I'm sorry, but all their all their fourth quarter offense, especially down the stretch, was like Keldon Johnson makes a lucky shot here, lucky shot here, jump jump ball tip somehow he gets free throws, like just BS like that. So of course the Raptors, okay, you actually feel some real confidence in executing. However, having said that though, we also have seen the Chicago game, so you never really know. And the Raptors, if if for nothing else, they are kind of known for these heartbreaking. Uh, opportunities where they dropped the ball especially last season they had tons of these games last season but that's where to me i'm like look you 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 made this push all the way here you have to close it out it I, I, it's only game seven of the season but it feels so significant if the raptors 
first off, the Raptors didn't respond after what they did in the first half. If they played a second half similar to the first half and they got washed by 30 points and with everybody around the world watching and they dropped to what, two and six or uh, what, two and five to start the season, that'd be really, really bad. It'd be really, really bad. And, and honestly, just the, the panic around the team would be, would be horrible, right? If they actually came back, forced overtime, but then lost, you would still feel a huge amount of panic over the whole thing. The mood would not be like this. We'd be looking at this guy's the problem, this guy's the problem, what's going on here? Instead, the Raptors actually closed out in the fourth quarter. And honestly, I'm really happy for Pascal Siakam to get involved to some degree because out of all of this, at, with all this excitement happening and all this sort of like, you know, I don't know, this game was so exciting, you just didn't see any of Pascal Siakam. Like, you really didn't. I mean, this is one of the worst games you've seen him play. 2 of 12 from the field. Um, you know, it just wasn't really impacting the game. Didn't look really necessarily connected at all. Um, you know, made some good passes, but ultimately, you know, some bad reads as well. Um, and wouldn't you know it, but the first play of the, of the overtime period, they actually got Pascal the ball where I think he set a screen for the ball, then curled all the way to the baseline, then come, came all the way around a corner uh, where I forget who was setting the off-ball screen for him. And then he got a wide-open three from Dennis Schroeder. Just good execution overall. And Pascal actually knocked it down. And 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 I say actually, like, as if, like, this guy hasn't been an all-star, hasn't done anything before. But based on this game, he was doing nothing. And so him knocking on the three, even him, uh, like, the next possession, drove in, got to the basket, did get the dro- shot to drop, but um, him dro- driving to the basket drew two defenders to him. That freed up Yak for the putback. That's, like, I think the second or third time that happened for Yak. And to, following up Pascal's plays there in the fourth in, in this game, so you know whatever that's not an assist, that's just a missed shot, uh, and that's a great play by Yak. But still, like even the the downhill momentum to create that play, those were the marginal additions that he brought to uh, this game. But ultimately, there were other guys that were really able to step up, and and you know I think the poise of Dennis Schroeder was excellent. He was a huge part of what the Raptors did in the third quarter. Had a bit of a takeover kind of moment where he was getting downhill and uh, he was hitting mid range jumpers and. You know, he'd um, knock down a three as well. I mean, you definitely want him to shoot better than one of eight from three. But honestly, the three-point shooting in this one was strange just based on, you know, just Wemby constantly in, in the area. Uh, but, you, you know, you saw Dennis, you know, get a mid-range jumper to drop. Um, then you, you you saw some good moments of defense from the Raptors, too. I think they had a much better handle of sort of how to, you know, defend. The only buckets that San Antonio got in overtime were Victor Wambanyama mid-range fadeaways over, like, I mean, it's over OJ Anobi and then a fadeaway over Scotty Barnes. Like, I don't really know what you're supposed to do against that. Like, he's, <laughs> you're talking about, you know, in the cases of OG and Scotty, like six foot nine super athletes with like ridiculously long wingspans, two hands fully up with the strength to not give him any position. And the guy is just fading over the top of him for, for, for mid range jumpers. I, I don't know what you do against that. But ultimately, you, you got enough offense out of those guys. You got, you know, Pascal getting the rebound, pushing up the floor, hitting it to Dennis. Dennis making the extra pass to OG in the corner. OG knocking down his three. Like, and that's really, really it. That's really all you really needed uh, were a couple of baskets, but the Raptors do pull it out in overtime. And, um, yeah, I mean, look, this this really was an important game. There's, it was so important. Like, this game really sh- was shaping up to be an absolute disaster. They looked lifeless, like absolutely lifeless in the first half. Better in the third quarter, but that fourth quarter – led by Scotty, um, you know, to, to push them into overtime. I mean, it's, it's like, 
it's just amazing to see it. And I think that, yeah, it does instill some belief into this team. Of course, there are lots of things to sort of continue to work on and improve. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you need these wins. And when you really think about it, the Raptors should already have two more wins of this fashion. They should have beat Portland. They should have beat Chicago. But they did take care of business today against San Antonio in a roundabout way. Uh, but they did it, and it was very, very exciting. So I'm going to take a quick break just to catch my breath a little bit, maybe check up on some of the post-game tweets, and, and I'll get back to you on the Raptors Reaction Podcast because there's so much more to discuss from this awesome win. Welcome back to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. Continue to recap the Toronto Raptors' uh, thrilling 123-116 to overtime victory over the San Antonio Spurs. So, uh, yeah, first half talked about, about Scotty. Um, let's talk a little bit about Wemby. I mean, look, listen, uh, he is the, the he is the show. Like, he really is the show uh, for the NBA right now. And, I mean, you can see why, right? Like, this is why we've been talking about it um, on the Raptors show, like, three or four segments already, just talking about this guy. Because, you know, he is a sight to behold. I mean, five blocks today. You know, I, th- I think it is definitely the things where it's like he changes so much of what guys sort of expect to do. You know, like Scotty, for example, had a, a move against uh, Vic- Victor where, you know, t- tried to drive at him, kind of, you know, up fake, uh, pivot, step through kind of thing. And honestly, most times if a guy jumps on that and you pivot and you step through, like you're pretty much good. You're in the clear. If he tries to come back too hard in the play, he's probably fouling. You probably get to the foul line, especially without any help rotating over. It's a great move. That works against 99.9% of NBA players. Uh, this is the point zero one though. That's that's Wemby. And Wemby just casually swatted him. There was a moment in the first half where uh, OG, who typically you know likes to cut along the baseline, and then if he gets trapped underneath, uh, what he likes to do is like you know take a power dribble, um, kind of like back up into the defender, create that space, and then shoot up for the dunk. I mean, OG's got some of the strongest legs in the entire league. He's actually very very good at doing this move. Did it to Wemby, and Wemby's like, uh, no, and it casually blocked him. Another play where the Raptors swung the ball over to OG in the corner, and they and they ran a pick and roll, I believe, where Dennis ran a pick and roll with um, with with uh, Jakob in the middle of the floor, and Jakob is rolling hard to the basket, and so Wemby is actually tagging over uh, to take away the lob to to uh, Jakob. It's a pretty standard thing, and he's tagging over on Jakob. And so De- Dennis sees this, like, oh, okay, boom, I- I've seen, I've-, I've pulled the tagger over, I'm going to now throw a zip pass to OG in the corner. And OG's, like, again, 99.9% of plays, he's wide open, he takes the three, he's a very good corner three-point shooter, we saw that tonight with seven threes, right? OG goes up for the shot, uh, and Wemby not only recovers from having a, a, a foot inside the paint, uh, tagging you know, Jakob at the basket, but then he jumps over, leaps over, and not only does he, like, get a slight deflection, right? Because I was like, okay, you know, like, I don't know, like, that's just a really athletic play. Maybe he gets a sm- slight deflection. OG's a little bit unlucky. When when you saw back the replay, not only did he block this three, he blocked it with, like, at least half his hand. Like, he, he, he had so much more room to go. Like, it, it's freaky. It's really, truly freaky what this man does. And on offense, there's plays that, you know, I think today the Raptors did a really good job guarding him. I actually thought the Raptors would do a good job guarding him. Having said that, a good job guarding him now as a rookie in his, what, fifth game, sixth game? A good job guarding Wemby now is 20 points on 7 of 16 shooting. That's a good game guarding Wemby. Like, he is absurd. Like, there was a play that the Spurs uh, began the fourth quarter with 
where they got Wemby coming around a curl from a, a smaller guard, and the Raptors actually stuck through it. And um, when the pass came in from the top, uh, Wemby caught the ball, like, I don't know, probably like 11, like 12 feet in midair. I'm not even kidding. Like 12 feet midair, catches the ball as he's falling out of bounds because the Raptors have guarded him so well. They didn't foul him either. They were rotating. They fought through the screen. They made it tough to catch. And he's like falling out of bounds. And he's probably like at least five feet from the basket. And Victor, 12 feet up in the air, just goes, okay, I guess I'm not going to score on this play. Let me just redirect this ball midair so that uh, the you know uh, I forget uh, Charles Bassey, the, the Spurs backup center, was able to just come in again. Two guys on Wemby, easy dunk for for Charles Bassey. Like again, 99.9 percent of players in the NBA, you throw them that pass, that's a turnover. Um, Victor is the point one percent, and it it's just absurd watching this man. Having said that, though. The effort that OG Anobi gave to, to to fight against Wemby through all game was just was really admirable. You know, I've seen pretty much every Wemby game so far, and some games he struggles. You know, like I think Kevin Durant, for example, the, the Spurs have played the Suns twice, and KD's been guarding Wemby. And what KD has done a really good job of is like slapping at the ball when Wemby tries to put it on the deck. And I would say out of all the areas of his game right now, the handle is probably the weakest, and maybe stays the weakest because again, when the man dribbles the ball. Um, from the great height of seven foot four, there's a lot of time that, or a lot of distance where the ball has to travel from out of his hand to the ground, then back to his hand, which creates a long opportunity for someone to swipe the ball. Uh, or if he's going up around the basket, he's bringing it from down low. He's got an eight foot wingspan. And so when he has to bring the ball up, there's a long runway where someone can strip the ball. And I thought Katie did a really good job of stripping him. It wasn't like that for OG today. OG just body, physical, um, not over physical, like they didn't really push him around, really smart as well, um, and adapted his game to really make it difficult for the Spurs to sort of like throw the ball to Wemby most times. And look, listen, Wemby still made some tough shots. Like in overtime, I think San Antonio had two buckets, and both of those were Wemby, you know? So, like, so salute to him. There's at a certain point, there's nothing you can do. Like, you inbound the ball to him, he's, you know, going one on one against Scotty Barnes and just shoots it like over the top. Like, I, I don't know what you do. I, I don't know what you do, but. You know, there are still at least some things that you can do. Like, he, it's not fully like you're playing basketball against an alien. Like, he starts to adhere to the rules of basketball. And so lots of defensive principles still do apply to him. And, yeah, I thought OG did an amazing job guarding against him. Um, so that was that aspect of the game. I think offensively, too, the Raptors really needed time to adjust to how to play against him, right? Because, um, you know, uh, in this game, the Spurs had Wemby guarding pretty much whoever the power forward was on the Toronto side. And this is not surprising. This is sort of how Pop has used Wemby this whole time, is that, you know, he has Zach Collins on the floor, or he has another true center on the floor, and then he'll have the center for the Spurs guard whoever the center is on uh, the opposing team, and then he'll put Wemby on the power forward. And they'll essentially trust that Wemby can, you know, um, come over and help, right? And uh, I think it's a, a super effective strategy. Just watch the first half of this game. You know, the other funny thing, too, about Wemby, again, I, I, I hate to make it all about him, especially after a great win like this, but he is just that intriguing. There are plays where, so the Raptors, um, they're running like their dribble handoff action at the top of the floor. And typically speaking, if you're getting somebody who's dropping back so far, where in this case, Wemby had like pretty much his foot on the free throw line. Um, if someone's dropping back that far on these dribble handoff actions, there's a real good chance that you can just eventually sh- shuffle to the whoever man that is Wemby's man 
that person just take a three because a guy is dropping back so far. And so what I'm saying is Wemby is playing in drop, and yet the three is still not open at the top. I've never seen that before. <laughs> you either go under and play drop, uh, or you go under these screens and you go you play some drop, and, and you give up some pull-up threes, uh, or you're pressed up and you're not dropping to protect the lane. Somehow he's doing both. It was actually kind of funny to watch. because So for a long time, the Raptors really had to figure out how they were going to get things going. And what they ultimately decided on, and this is a really great job by Darko, is he's like, look, I cannot afford to play anything other than a small ball five on the floor. Like, I actually can't afford to play Jakob Pertl, who was actually quite good in this game. Super important, really gave the Raptors a big boost defensively. He was probably the only Raptor who was playing with any sense in the first half. And in the second half, he came out with all those layups. He looked great. You know, did a really great job. I Honestly, I think Jakob played a really good game. Fourth quarter, didn't step on the floor once. Overtime, didn't step on the floor once. And you know what? Well, actually, no. He did step on the floor just to defend an inbound. And the Spurs turned it over. So technically, he was on the floor for 0.0 seconds. Uh, But the reason that we didn't play Jakob Pertl, the reason Darko didn't play him, you can't. You actually can't have... Uh, somebody just camping in the lane all the time and allowing Victor to get out to these three-point shooters. So he played smaller, had Scotty kind of play small ball five, but also Scotty has the ball. Scotty is just like pure hooper. Like it doesn't really matter what position he plays. But regardless, Scotty was the guy who was playing small ball five. And in this game, Scotty was super effective pulling up for three, like to the point where he's pulling up for three. So he's a three-point threat. That opens OG as a three-point threat. And then you have all these wings around him. Also, you notice he closed the game with Otto Porter. Now, first off, Otto Porter, salute to you, Otto. 19 minutes, but it felt like he played a huge amount of minutes all at once and all in sequence. And honestly, I do wonder, like, how is how is he going to hold up after this, right? Because my wonder comes from the place of we need him. Like, we really need Otto Porter. Do you notice the difference in the game when Otto's in the game versus, like, Jalen McDaniels in the game or Chris Boucher, who didn't even get into the game at all, is in the game? Night and day. Precious is in the game? No, no, no. Otto comes in and actually he really makes smart plays. You know, he had a play today where the ball was deflected to him. Dennis threw a pass on the wing. Spurs got a slight deflection on it. Still ended up in Otto's hands, but he had to readjust, and he still knocked down that three. You know, like, that's the level of three-point shooter that he can be, but also him getting involved in all those tied jump balls or whatever. Like, okay, like, that's because he's actually guarding Zach Collins on a lot of these rotations, or he's rotating over to Zach Collins in the right places, and he's tying him up, right? So the the ability to read and, and the sense that he has for the game is really good. I mean, I don't need to tell you this. He, he made a max contract in his career. He's been a really good winning player. He's just been super injured. But seeing him come in the fourth quarter was absolutely huge. And the Raptors played some spacing lineups in the fourth quarter and in overtime, and they actually got great offense from that. Like, <laughs> shouldn't be a huge surprise, but it kind of is, right? Because the guys who showed up in the fourth quarter, to me, right? Grady Dick was in the game. And he didn't really get any good shots off. But the only play of the game he really did have was he almost lost the ball trying to, you know, I think he had a three potentially he could have shot against Wemby. Wisely turned that down, drove in the lane, almost turned it over, dribbled it back out, was stuck, and then threw a cross-score pass along the baseline to, to Scotty Barnes in the opposite corner who knocked down the three. Great footwork by Scotty to get his feet down behind the three-point line, set for the three, a short shot clock scenario. But Grady was at least on the floor to space. Malachi came into the game, put great energy. He can space. And he actually knocked down a three tonight as well. I think, honestly, Malachi is starting to find just a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Like, quietly, 
plus six today. I think that's the first time Malachi has been a plus this season. Three rebounds, four assists. I didn't mind anything that Malachi did. And I love how scrappy he is. Seems like he's finding more and more opportunities to come in from the weak side and just like randomly strip a ball, randomly double the ball, randomly like, you know, scrap for a loose ball and a scrap for an offensive rebound. That's how he's got to make a living, man. That's how he's got to be making a living. Like, if I were Malachi Flynn, I'd be watching Malachi, I'd be watching Matthew Delvadova and Patrick Beverly tape. I'm not even kidding. That's actually so much of what they need from him. And he did it tonight. He did a really great job with that, you know? Who else got in the game? Otto Porter was in the game. OG was in the game. Um, Scotty was in this game. You know, Dennis was in this game. Pretty much, they're just trying to play as many shooters as possible. And that actually did eventually free up the offense, and that did get them going. And, you know, Pascal ultimately came into the game late. Even he knocked down a three in overtime. So, like... This is not some sort of, like, revelation. The Raptors definitely are weak on three-point shooting and need more of it. Uh, but that ultimately did flip this game. Now, of course, what does that leave some of the other guys, right? Because guys who can't really shoot threes. Well, look, listen, I'm not expecting Yak to be uh, a 30-minute, 35-minute-per-game uh, player who matches up in all scenarios. It's not It's not that much of a reality. Like, it's not realistic in today's NBA. Like, you're going to need uh, different matchups or different scenarios. And... I thought Darko did a really good job, you know, mixing and matching. I think actually, no, fourth quarter, they actually did play Jakob a little bit, I felt like. But, or not fourth quarter, or overtime they played him. But still, like, you're going to need these different sort of matchups, especially when you're coming down and you're trying to make this comeback. You need, you know, um, you, you need more three-point shooting on the floor, especially if you're trying to make up the advantage. I forgot Gary um, was also playing a big role. And I thought, look, honestly, I know it's a frustrating game for Gary. I know that, you know, especially first half of me, I don't know what he was doing. Some of the passing, some of the shots were so so short or whatever, but, you know, he knocked down a big corner three after, um, I think Scotty won a huge rebound, man, after I think someone got a wide open three for the Raptors, missed it, and it was a bit of a momentum uh, drain, except that Scotty jumped over two guys, got the rebound, and then kicked it into the corner for, uh, for for Gary, and he was he had so much time, he even took one extra gather dribble just to get the three off, and he knocked it down, but I liked Gary's approach defensively today, he was scrapping, he was getting on the loose balls, he was diving out of bounds, and, like, Honestly, if you're going to get back into this, not into the rotation because he's still in the rotation, but if you're going to get back to the point where you're playing minutes and you're a contributor, he's got to bring that kind of scrap and that hustle and that effort. And I felt like it was contagious from the bench, and that really carried on to the starters when they came back into the game as well. But you definitely needed more of those three-point shooters to, to come into the game. And and so, like, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you know, this is kind of what it has to be, and and, and you, you kind of wish it didn't have to be so so precarious. Like, you, you wish that they didn't come out so dead in the first half and you wish that you didn't need all this to beat the Spurs who are very much a young team just kind of enjoying their lives and they're happy with everything versus the Raptors where a lot of it feels more desperate based on what's happened the last couple of years but you know what that that talent is there and that talent and that ability to play as a team um, to me like I thought first half they weren't playing as a team especially in that second quarter you know Scotty going one on two missing a shot Pascal going one on two missing a shot Gary taking pull up mid-range jumpers coming up super short you know like guys just going in and doing like their own thing. OG trying to go one-on-one, you know, that's not going like, okay. Like obviously that's, that's not how this team's going to be. And they have to play together. And and I thought the second half, fourth quarter overtime, especially that, that's how they, that's how they realized uh, they needed to play. So, I mean, yeah, I can't stress this enough. This is a really, really important win. And uh, yeah, your three stars from tonight's performance. I mean, first star, Scotty Barnes, seven straight games to begin the season. He is the first star. Like, he is undisputed as the best player on the Raptors right now. Um, will be going forward as well. I just mean that, like, to start the season, he has just been awesome. Like, he's giving you everything you could possibly ask for. Making every big play at both ends of the floor, man. I mean, again, like, look at his stat line like this. 30 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 
including five threes, seven eleven from the foul line, uh, six rebound or six assists, uh, three steals, three blocks. I mean, plus fourteen in forty two minutes. I feel like that almost understates his effort. Like he was involved in every single play, and yeah, man. I mean, I just like you know, it, it, was, it was inspirational watching the comeback. It was like. Like you had me screaming in my own house, you know. Like that's that's how uh, that's how hyped this game was. But seriously, Scotty was awesome. Deserves all three stars for me, honestly. But he's gonna get the first one. Second star is gonna go OG. Tireless effort guarding one B. Twenty four points, seven rebounds, four assists, a steal. The uh, game tying shot to send it to overtime with a little putback. Really clever move by him to sneak in. Obviously, a bit of fortune involved in that one. Uh, but also a fair bit of misfortune for the Raptors in the fourth quarter with uh, pretty much every Keldon Johnson bucket. I kind of despise him quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, OG, you know, great hustle, you know, seven threes may want an overtime as well. I mean, just, you know, uh, and no celebration too, after he tied the game, just like, all right, let's, let's, let's make sure we actually defend the next possession, uh, and then try to win this game. And they ultimately did that. So great job by OG. And then your third star, um, honestly, there's so much of me that wants to get this to auto. I loved what auto did in this game. The Raptors do not win this game without auto. Um, but come on, it's gotta be Dennis Schroeder. Like Dennis, to me, 24 points, three rebounds, six assists, two steals, a block. Uh, I thought over the course of the game, he figured out more and more opportunities of sort of where he can get his shots off. And, you know, the pick and roll game with him and Jakob, it can get pretty congested. Like, I saw one pick and roll that they ran in the first half where, like, him and Jakob were running that pick and roll. And, like, I don't know. Like, it felt like five players were within, like, one meter radius. And the spacing was just so tough on some of those. But I thought, especially when the Raptors went smaller, that allowed Dennis to get downhill. And when he had a, a, you know, I think it was Trey Jones covering him, he could get the edge on Trey Jones, and he took the step on Trey Jones, and was able to make a couple of huge buckets as well uh, down the stretch there, and also made a pull-up jumper in overtime. I just I just really trust what he's been doing. Like, I, I know it's like, I'm more, I'm also surprised with how much the ball is in Dennis's hands, and I am surprised that, like, you know, I just wasn't expecting him to, to be so involved. But when I watched the game, I'm like, it makes sense, like, so many possessions kind of go nowhere, and you definitely do need somebody to sort of create in the half court. And he's been really good in the half court. Like, I, I've been really pleasantly surprised. But, um, yeah, he, he's, he was great in this one as well, 24 points, 6 assists. So, uh, your Gerald Henderson Award winner, I mean, take your pick. But probably Keldon Johnson, honestly, man. It's just, ah, I don't know how. He just was perfectly in position for every stupid, loose opportunity, and he made the most of every single one of those. Uh, and I mean, yeah, congrats to him. You know, you know, that's another piece of the Raptors have traded to them. Although I don't think anyone regrets the quad trade, but he was a 29th pick that, that, that the Spurs got. So the fact that they developed him into this is also quite good, but I don't know. It just felt like he was the luckiest man in the building. And so I'm going to give it to him. Uh, 26 points on 11 of 18 shooting. Um, yeah, I mean, good for him, but ultimately not, not good enough because he didn't win. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, great game. Hopefully you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, make sure you rate, review, subscribe to the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll check in on Monday. We're going to have a great episode because on the Raptor Show, when the Raptors win, the vibes are great. And when they lose, the vibes are horrible. And so it's going to be a great vibe day tomorrow.